Hello and welcome to the Faith Center Podcast, where each week we bring you the preached word. Faith Center is located at 22 Crown Street in Meriden, Connecticut. You can join us in person or watch us on our live streams by going to our website, faithcenterchurchct.com, Facebook, or on YouTube. Today's message is by our very own Bishop Joseph Norfleet, titled, The Transformation, Part 3. Let's tune in. Glory to God. On this morning, we're going to be continuing in the Word of God as it deals with the subject once again of transformation. God hasn't taken this thing off me, so we're going to continue to teach and preach on the subject of the tremendous need that we would be changed or transformed yet again. From the book of Romans chapter 12, let's go to verses 1 and 2, just two, two verses there. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And as is our custom, when you have that, please say, I have arrived. All right. Praise the Lord. Paul says to the people of God, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the word of God is so powerfully blessed. You may have your seats. Man. It was Paul, the apostle, the writer of the text here. It was his personal encounter with Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus that initiated his profound transformation into the holy servant of God that we know him to be today. Prior to this, he was a different fellow. He was a tough guy, ruthless, determined, to do the wrong thing, but thinking all along he was right. Paul was convicted in his heart that he was doing the right thing for God. And so that's where transformation or change must take place if it's going to make the total difference in the heart. He thought not just from his head, but from his heart that he was doing right. But when I take a retrospective look into my life going back, there are some things that I have done that I thought I was right. 
I thought surely this is this is what is proper to do. But God showed me. See, God won't leave you out there. God showed me reality or truth, 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 truth. And that's a powerful word, truth. See, because truth can never be changed by the opinions or thoughts of men. Truth, truth is stable, it's sturdy, it's not gonna move. In fact, truth, I've said time and time again, truth never comes to you. You must come to truth, but it's not gonna move. And once you encounter truth, the thing is to accept it, to receive it, not to reject it, so that you can be transformed in the image and the likeness of it. Because truth, I'm talking about the truth of God, huh? it signifies, it, huh? it represents the word, the will, the ways of God. And so when we come to truth, we must conform to it. Said to you all, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, that in the beginning it would be, it was God's will that we would always be in his image and his likeness. In other words, in our thinking, in our actions, in our doing, in our pondering, in our considering, that we would live and move and flow in the will and in the way of God. And so I told y'all that when God decided that he was going to create us, create man, he said, let us, meaning God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, let us create man in our own image and likeness. I got, I did, I, I've got to share this with you because you, you need to understand truly who you're supposed to look like. Let, let me say it this way. You need to know who your father really is. So let us make man in our own image and likeness. And so he did. And he stepped back and said, it's good, it's good. And it was good, everything was going well until man stepped out of the will of God. And that started the process for God to bring us back into his image and likeness and not in the image and likeness of our own will. For in Genesis chapter 5, huh, Genesis chapter 5, it was Adam. The word says that uh, uh, that first child Seth was made in Adam's image and likeness, meaning character, motive, but Adam had already fallen from God. And so it means we were made in the image and the likeness of sin. I know y'all don't like it. But the, the thinking was twisted. And so now, when that occurred, God set in motion a redeemer. I'm preaching to somebody. Said, I'm gonna send the redeemer to bring you back. Can somebody tell me, uh, for the listening audience and for those that are here, can somebody tell me please, what is our redeemer's name? Jesus. Come on, shout it to the top of your voice. Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. Jesus. The Holy One of Israel, Jesus, the Son of the Living God, Jesus, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, Jesus. Hallelujah. And so Paul was on the road of Damascus to do his dirty deeds, thinking he was doing right. He was traveling there to gather up all the Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem for persecution, for, to go through the courts, to, and many were even slain and killed. He thought he was doing right. 
But it was there that light shined bright, bright. You know the story. And knocked him off of his horse. Knocked him off. <laughs> Jesus. And he saw the light. <laughs> uh, you can read it in the book of Acts. The book of Acts there, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 12, tells that story. But when he got up, he was a whole different man. Sometimes God has to knock us down that we can get up right. I dare to say sometimes he has to knock us out <laughs> to get us right. I know he, had, he knocked me out. I had to come to my senses. Uh, is there a witness in the house? And so when he came to himself, after God had set everything in motion, you know the story, sent Ananias there to explain to him what was really going on, and he received, this is important, he received everything that God was doing in his life. And he was a transformed man. He was better than he was before. The transformation, this transformation enabled him to become, this is, this is an operative word today, his transformation enabled him to become influential a influential servant of God. Even so, the influential servant of God that we know him as today. No person other than Jesus Christ himself shaped the history of Christianity like the Apostle Paul. Now, I've taken this time to talk a little bit about Paul so that you'll understand that Paul was powerful. Paul was mighty in the Lord. Paul was anointed. Paul accomplished so very much. And I come to you today to say that Jesus wants to use you. That you might be influential upon your generation upon your community, in your home, that they would come to know Christ in a very real way. Sure, they may know the name of Jesus, but do they really know him experientially? <sighs> Am I talking to somebody today? <sighs> Paul's life is actually a model of what God can and will do with a man or woman who is yielded to the will of God. And so the question is, are you really yielded or are you resisting? <laughs> do you pick and choose what you will accept that God is saying or doing in you and what he wants to do through you? Uh, Lord, you know me. We, Lord, you know I. I, I can't really. I can't get with that. <laughs> if God sent it to you, it's for you to accomplish. Uh, yield it. In order to be truly transformed in the image, I'm trying to tell y'all how to be transformed. You've got to be yielded because the process of transformation sometimes hurts. Sometimes God will allow you or cause you to go through things that you really don't want to deal with right now. But if you're going to be transformed more into the image and the likeness of God, you've got to give him a perpetual yes. 
You've got to surrender totally to him. Don't, don't think, don't worry about what you might not be able to do. If God called you to do it, push forward. And what you can't do, he will help you to do. I know I'm talking right. And so I want every listener to understand today that truly God wants us to be influential in our generation. You must make a difference. If you passed on from this world, would anyone notice? Because if they do not, it means that you had no influence. You made no difference and your life was wasted. So we must have influence in this generation. Uh, Jesus has given us, God through the Holy Spirit has given us what we need to be influential, to make a difference. What'd you say? Prove it? Huh. Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 through 16, he said this, get this, get this, because this is powerful. He didn't ask you if you were. He told you, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. In other words, they see you, but what are you doing that's noteworthy? Verse 15 says, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. In other words, God has strategically placed you in a place, in a position that you have an audience. But are you performing? You have a congregation. You have listeners, but are you saying anything? You have people watching you, but are you doing anything that will bring glory and honor to God? In verse 16, Jesus says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. In other words, use what I've placed in you to reflect the truth of me, to reflect the voice of me, to reflect the power of me, to reflect the acts and actions, the performance of me. Lay hands on the sick. Why do you think he said that? Lay hands on the sick. Cast out devils in my name. You are the light of the world. But are you hiding yourself under the bushel? Have you caused your own light to become dim? Uh, you are influential, but are you being influential? This fact that you're the light of the world and that God has given you the stage. See, you know, this is the way performing, if I can use the acting world, because I'm not talking about pretending and such when I deal with God and those things and performing. But in the acting world, you always start out on a small stage and you work your way up. You become better known. And so if you're not doing, you'll never get on the greater stage. The time to begin is now, wherever you are. <laughs> if your stage is the small stage of the telephone, tell them about Jesus. <laughs> I was listening to, what I don't know, maybe it was my wife or someone. Mother May, we on this past week, we we my wife and I had the privilege of, of visiting one of the old saints 
one of the old saints of God there in New York, Mother May. I, I, I'm going I'm to call her name, Mother May Smith. Wonderful, wonderful servant of the Lord. And she was, she's 93 years young, soon to be 94. And you know, when you get that age, everybody calls you on the phone. You know, all the solicitors <laughs> trying to get you to buy this. You, you get lots of phone calls, but you don't want any of them. And so she said, what she was doing, they start talking. And, and many times they have uh, gimmicks or what do you call those schemes? And so but they'll call them and she says, when she's tired of hearing that and don't want to hear, she says, do you know Jesus? <laughs> That'll set him right. And sometimes you'll get click. <laughs> That'll make them let you alone if they don't mean right. Do you know Jesus? Matter of fact, next time, you, don't, don't block that phone. Next time, answer and, and, and say, hello, do you know Jesus? <laughs> and mother would tell them about Jesus. So what I'm trying to say is this transformation, this transformation, this change that God has brought into your life, it is a license of authority and confirmation that you are to be influential in your generation. You can turn a bad situation into a good situation. Do you know Jesus? Tell them, Jesus loves you. <sighs> Influence is, and see, I, I, I want to take a little time to deal with this because God wants you to be influential in your generation, regardless of your age. If you're young, then, then affect, infect the young. If you're middle-aged, if you're old, if you're older, deal with that generation that God has assigned you to. Praise God. God has called you to be influential. And that's what the change is all about. The change of the transformation is so that you can be influential in your community, in your neighborhood, in your generation. Influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, uh, on the development, or on the on the the behavior of something or someone. In other words, you ought to make a difference. Uh, influence gives you the power to shape a generation. Influence gives you the power to change a situation. Now, there are times, there are times that God will, will move by his spirit or he'll send someone and, and he will do it all for you. There are those times when God says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And then there are other times that he will tell you, go down to the potter's house because there's something I want to show you. Sometimes he'll bring about a change in you by asking you a question. The question can be as simple as can these bones live? In other words, you're throwing up the questions to God concerning your situation and God is saying to you, can your situation change? It is to bring you to a point to understand, first of all, who it is that you're having a dialogue with, who it is that you're talking to. For if you acknowledge him, then you admit that he's God. And if you admit that he's God, you understand that he's able. <laughs> he's able to do all things. Who are you talking to? 
had a situation a couple of months ago, one that was absolutely out of my control. And when I realized that it was out of my control, I'm not going to tell you the specifics of it. All you need to know is the positivity of the, of the outcome that I had because of the name that I can call on. When I realized that I was powerless, uh, Elder Thompson, I realized that I was powerless to change my situation. I called out the name. I called out. I, I screamed. Yeah, I screamed. 2407, I'm still in place. But I screamed, Jesus! And I didn't just call on him once. You ever been in real trouble? You don't call on his name once. You'll call his name till you feel like something is about. Hey, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because that's the only thing that matters right now. Call on the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And when I called on the name of Jesus, God showed up and made the difference. When I called on the name of Jesus, God did what I wasn't able to do. Have you ever been in a situation that you couldn't? So you called on the name of the one who could. And God showed up. And he showed up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so we see that this is why we absolutely must allow. Come on and say allow. We must allow ourselves to be transformed in the image and the likeness of God. We must allow. Look at somebody and say, don't fight the feeling. Don't fight the feeling. Don't, don't fight. Don't fight the feeling. You've got to let God. You don't, The last thing you want to do is get in a struggle with God. What was his name? Jacob got in a fight with the angel. <laughs> the angel knocked his hip out of socket. But because Jacob refuses, look, 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 if, if, if I'm going to die, you're just going to have to kill me now because I, I, I need a change. I, I need a transformation. Remember, he needed a change in his situation. I need a transformation. And the angel granted his petition. Oh, Jesus. See, sometimes transformation, the process of transformation, transformation hurts, but it's worth the fight. Uh, transform. When I speak, when I speak of being transformed uh, or changed within the context of this message, I'm talking about becoming more like God. More like God in your, number one, in your thinking. We got to start thinking like God would think. You know the saying, what would Jesus do? It's the saying, what would God do? What would God have me to do? How would God have me to move in this situation? And that's why I've said before, you can't depend on old news. Because God is doing a new thing. <laughs> Behold, he's doing a new thing. What he did on yesterday is old now. You need a fresh anointing. You need the fresh oil anointing. See, that's why you can never think that you've arrived. You can never think that you're so holy that everything depends on you. But when you think you've got it all, when you think you know it all, know it all, when you think you've seen it all, God will yet show you something brand new. Won't he do it? 
So we need to be transformed, number one, in the way that we think. Uh, in this, we understand that I can say what? Do all things through Christ. The question might come to you, can God? And the answer ought to reflect instantly, God can. The question might come to you, will God? And swiftly you should understand that God will. Thank you, Jesus. And God is trying to get you to be transformed, yes, in your thinking, but another way, he's trying to get you to be transformed in your approach to problem solving. I'm talking to somebody right now. It's not that I have to look at my notes. I'm talking to somebody right now. You need to be transformed or changed in your method or your approach to solving problems. Let's see if I save up this and I save up that and if I go down and I if I if I punch brother so-and-so in the head, he'll get the, if I if I sit back long enough and they'll understand and if I withhold what God has put in me and I refuse to help them, then they go, no, 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 no. That's that's man's thinking. Lord, what would you have me to do? You got a problem that needs solving? Seek the Lord. Don't wait until a situation becomes critical before you call on the name of the Lord. That's a good approach to problem solving. I'm going to help somebody today. And, and let me say something to the husbands and wives. Let me, let me, let me say something. Let me say let me say something, just a short word. First of all, if you're doing right, living right for God, when you wake up in the morning with that man or that woman that's your husband and wife, or wife, and from the first thing that they say, or the way that they get out of the bed, or the way that they interact with you, you ought to know right then if you need to call on the name of the Lord. I'm, I'm just being real. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being real. You gotta, know, you gotta know by the spirit, but some things you just know by the natural. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about any one particular. Yeah, I do happen to be married, very happily married. I'll uh, be 46 years soon. But if, if in the morning you're waking up with a gentle touch, that's one thing. But if all of a sudden you're seeing stars and notice a mark on your forehead, that's a good chance that something is wrong and you need divine intervention. You wake up and what, 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 I didn't have that mark on my head. Why is my lips so what in what, what, what? It's a good indication that you need to pray now. I'm trying to help somebody. Perhaps I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you get the point. We need to be transformed uh, in the area of uh, your idea of what is good versus bad. Because all day long, we're hearing the world that say what is acceptable. We're hearing the world show us what 
they want us to do, but it's what they want you to do, what God wants you to do. Because just because it's popular doesn't mean it's pleasing to God. Minister Brooke, I'm going to say that again. Just because the thing may be popular in society doesn't mean that it's pleasing oh, to God. You can't to people when you serve the God of creation. Uh, my God, my God. We've got to be transformed in the area that so that we will know what to do and how to do it in a way that what we do and how we do it is pleasing to God. You can do the right thing, but in the wrong way and still fall or fail. You got to do it God's way. I give the example often of the one who's asking for money. You can take out the money and you can place it in their hands with love looking in their eyes, or you can take it and you can, there it is. You can do the right thing for the wrong reason and never receive the benefit of the blessing that was destined for you. And so transformation says be transformed by the renewing of your mind or your heart, the way you do things so that you can be blessed in all that you do. Because behind that thing that God will require of you, there is a blessing. But do you negate the blessing because you didn't go about doing the right thing in the right way? Ah. Where, where, where are you at now? Where, where are the amens now? No, nobody's dancing in their eyes now. What, what's going on? Where, where, where's your praise offering now? Where, where's your praise offering now? Hmm. Transformation or change prepares us to be ready for what God is sending to us next. There's some promotions, I believe, that have been held up because your change or transformation has not come to the place that it needs to be in order to receive the blessing. And God's not going to give it to you until you're ready, until you've been properly transformed. Because if he gives it to you early and you've not been properly transformed, you will trample on it. <laughs> So God always prepares us for the blessing that is to come. I believe that some of you, of us, I believe that some of our blessings are being held up right now because we refuse to change. I know the story. There are some folk that have wanted to do you good, do you well, bless you for a long time, but they don't see a change in you. Obviously, I'm not talking about anybody in this room. When you see them, when you find them, please tell them what I said. You've got to be ready. To be ready is to be transformed into the person that God called you to be. Let, 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 me, let, let me make this thing play. Can, can I make it plain? Let me make this thing play. Y'all remember Saul, the first king of Israel? That whole process is a process that shows us and proves to us that you may not be ready now, but God yet has a blessing for you. And in order for you to get that blessing, there's some changes that have to take place in your mind. There's some foolishness that must stop. There's some lying that must stop. There's some conniving that must stop. Because the place that God has designated for you, you can't afford to be a conniver. You can't afford to be a liar. You can't afford 
Watch this. Watch this. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, verses 1 through 9, it tells of how Saul, to be king Saul, was not only chosen, but he was being prepared or transformed so that he would be a good king. Hear me, I know how Saul ended up, but Saul started out with all the good stuff that he needed to be a great king. And he was a great king, but he ended up failing. You can be great, but still fail if you don't maintain the process of transformation. Because I don't care how good or how high you get, there's something else. There's more for you. Why do you think doctors and lawyers and people in professions have to go to remedial training or or what do you call that that annual training review? And all? Help me out, just an HR person. Train, okay, she said training. You must continually be trained so that you're continually transformed to meet every requirement, every need that is placed upon you. What'd you say? Reinforcement training. Yes. Yes. All right, all right. I, I see myself going someplace else, but I'm and so First Samuel, we're not going to go there now, but First Samuel chapter 10 verses 1 through 9 shows a wonderful process giving Saul the opportunity to be transformed into the person that he needed to be. God had something great for him. And, and let me key in uh, on, on verse 6 of 1 Samuel 10 because it was there that, that Samuel the prophet actually prophesied to Saul about the change that was going to take place in his life. Samuel took the vial of oil and anointed him and then he says, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee and thou shalt prophesy with them and then and, and thou shalt be turned into another man. I dare you to go there and check that out. First Samuel 10 and 6. You're going to be changed into another man because what God has for you is not for the man that you are right now. What God has for you ultimately is not for the woman that you are right now. But if you're going to receive this blessing, you got to allow the change to take place. You have to allow there to be a transformation and the transformation can't be surface deep. It's my, it must start in the core of you. We talk about the caterpillar, the metamorphosis, the chemical changes of the caterpillar don't begin on the outside. I know that we see the effects of the change, but the true changes that, that metabolism, that thing, that thing that goes on starts at the core of that little wormy, slimy thing. But by the time that God is finished with you, you're no longer slimy. You're no longer crawling, but you're flying, praise God. But it must begin in the inner parts of you and come out to the outer parts of you. That gives it the ability to stay when it's in the core of you. You all know it's easy to put on a front. My God, I wanted to get so much further along. But it's necessary for y'all to understand. Uh, uh, I don't know what y'all call that makeup stuff. Well, I guess it's makeup. I, they used to call they used to call it mascara or oh, what do you mean? 
they used to call it all that, and that was for the for the for the outer part. But unless the inner you is beautified, you just pretty ugly. <laughs> Lip gloss, eyeshadow, fingernails, all that's good. But then the inner parts of you is still ugly. So what I'm looking at is pretty ugly. Let me move on. Time is ticking. Y'all still with me? But listen to this. We're we going to deal with this. The significance. It's a process that God wants to transform for you. Samuel prophesied. Samuel prophesied in verses 3 to 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 10. He says, he says, I want you to go up to the higher place. I want you to go. They're going to be going up to Bethel. And I want you. You're going to encounter three men. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, in that time, it wasn't the three. It wasn't the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but the number three represents Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, three men you're going to encounter. See, God will send people in your life to help make the difference. See, that's why you got to be careful of who you reject. You got to know who to reject because there are some folk that are trying to enter into your life. You need to reject them, but you got to know by the Spirit who to allow. Who to allow him. He said, one is going to be carrying three kids or three babies goats. One is going to be carrying be carrying two loaves of bread. And one of them, they're going to be traveling together. One of them is going to be traveling, he's going to be carrying a bottle of wine. But here's the important thing. See, because there's something that you've got to get from somebody that God has designated to pour into you that you might be transformed the proper way. Such a time as now as you're hearing this word of God. Because you, you, you're not bad. You're not, you're not doing so bad. But God wants you to do better. God wants you to have a powerful influence on those around you. And in order for that to happen, you've got to be changed in the image and the likeness of God. You're hearing the word that will profoundly change your life right now. But there's an impartation that you must receive. Listen to this. Listen to this. I, 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 let me read this. Let me, verse, verse 4. First Samuel, verse 4. I want y'all to get this. I see this is going to go into another part. But hear carefully. Do I have your ears? First Samuel, chapter 10, verse 4 says, And they will. He's talking about the three that have these, these items. And they will salute thee and give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. Now, I love this. This is intriguing. It's, it's thought-provoking because, you see, he doesn't meet three individuals or one, two, three separately, but they're traveling together with everything that he needs. And when they give it, they're giving it to, together. Each one of them had something to deposit, but each one of them touched what was given to him. The, the, the two things, the loaves of bread. The Bible says the loaves of bread. Did I read the scripture already? Yes, and they will salute thee and give thee two loaves of bread and they will salute thee. Did you all get this? And they, not he, singular, and they will salute thee, bless thee, speak greetings upon you, speak wellness upon you, encourage you, and give thee two loaves of bread which thou shalt receive of their hands. In other words, the three come together, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and they agree and give into you what you need, and you must receive it. 
unity of the Holy Spirit. Not one loaf, but two. Two means covenant. Hallelujah. Covenant with God. Bread represents strength for sustaining power. Bread represents strength for sustaining power. No wonder Jesus is known as the bread of life. <laughs> and in John 6 and 48, he, Jesus, talks about that bread and says, I am that bread of life. Hallelujah. I'm closing. Saints of God, the transformation must take place. If you'll be true to yourself, you will have to confess that I've not yet arrived. I thank God that I'm not where I used to be or who I used to be. But Lord, I still need your touch. I still need your help. Lord, help me to change my mind, my heart. If the inner core of you change, it's going to affect everything else. And people will know that there's something different about you. God wants us to be transformed so that we can have influence in our generation. Everybody standing, those of you that are watching and listening, whether by phone or online, or may some, perhaps some time has passed and you're watching this now, I want to pray for you that the transformation will take place. And Father, I thank you now that you have allotted this time that your people would hear, understand, and receive the change that you have designed for us. Lord, you know how to match us. You know how to prepare us for the blessing that you have designated for us. Father, we surrender all. Lord, forgive us for all of our trespasses, all of our sins and wrongs, that we may be transformed in your image and likeness. That, Father, you would be well pleased with us. Help us, Lord God, that we would walk in the newness of life. Glory. Some of you, even this week, I speak to you and I say that you're going to, you're going to observe a notable difference in your life. That at a time that you know that you would have responded negatively, now you're going to respond with the love, the heart, and the mouth of God. And I say to you, it's going to make all the difference. Regardless of their visage, their visage or how they look, don't be moved by the way they respond, but know that God is working it out because there has been a transformation, thank you Lord, in you. I hear this, I hear this. Along with the transformation, there's some healing that's going to take place in your physical body. I speak that thing right now. When the transformation takes place, you're going to be healed. How? It's going to affect even your thinking. It's going to affect your approach to problem solving. Yes.
I thank you for it, Lord God. Mm. Let the transformation take place now. And we bless you for it so very much. In Christ's name we pray. Come on right where you are. Praise him in advance for what he is doing. Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast. If you would like to be a blessing to the ministry, please feel free to donate cash app, dollar sign, FCC, Toljik, PayPal, FaithCenterChurchCT at AOL.com, GiveLify, FaithCenterToljik, or mail in at 22 Crown Street in Meriden, Connecticut, 06450. Until the next time, we will see you next week.